I don't want to preach a full-on message today, but, but I, I do want to share with us, a, I think, what is a, a pretty profound truth. I think, I think a lot of times, you ever heard the expression, you can't see the forest because of the trees? And I think there's sometimes we get so caught up in all the various pieces of Christmas, we really miss the overarching message that God's trying to share to us. And... And I, and I want to shape what that means today in this sense. You know, this is one of those times of the year, and I think Easter is another, but this is one of those times of the year where we, we sense our alienation from God more than we do in other parts. We get up to this kind of a season, and we're thinking about God coming into the world and all these kinds of things, and we just think like, I don't know if I get all that power. I don't know sure if I'm experiencing all that power, et cetera. And, and we feel distance from God. And sometimes it's because we've just neglected our faith. Sometimes we have lots of things going on in our lives that have just distracted us. Sometimes we're angry at God about things that have happened or whatever. Sometimes we just, we just really don't think God's all that relevant, so we just haven't paid that much attention to it. So there's lots of different pieces that can go with it. But we get into this moment where, where we sense our alienation from God. And, and one of the messages that God wants to get across to us is that the whole purpose of Christmas is that there is a way for us to get back to God. We were hopelessly alienated from God because of our sin. And the coming of Christ into the world is all about God creating a way for us to get back to him. That's what Christmas is really all about. That's the journey that gets started in all of that. But what's interesting is you think about the Christmas story is that there are lots of different ways to get back to God, right? I mean, we've just kind of reenacted, right, the Christmas story. Let me just kind of pull out a couple pieces. You, you had the shepherds over here, right? And, and, and their, their direction back to God was the result of God's specific direct intervention in their lives. They're, they're just typical, ordinary shepherds, spending the night out in the field, watching over their flocks, making sure nobody would steal them, making sure that their sheep are healthy and getting fed well and all those kinds of things. And then out of the blue, God just steps into their lives in the form of an angel and says, I, I've got something that I want you to know and experience. There, there is a child born in Bethlehem tonight. It's going to look like any other kid, but he's my son, and he's going to be the savior of the world. And God directly steps into their lives. And, and you know, I think that experience happens to us. I think a lot of people think, eh, I don't know if that really happens that much anymore. It's kind of a, that's kind of a Bible thing, or it kind of happens to the, you know, to the, to the, to the, to the crazies and eccentrics and et cetera. But that just stuff doesn't kind of happen to me. I, I can't ever tell you that I've heard an audible voice from God where he just stepped into my life and gave me very specific uh, direction. God, it's like God spoke to me, but I, I will tell you that the, there was a time in our journey uh, uh, that I really felt like, like God spoke to me, not in an audible voice, but very clearly God spoke to me. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest crises of faith that I had in my ministry was when, um, when, when we were serving down the South Shore, we were planting this new church. The church was still very small. Um, the, the compensation that they could pay was very low. And we had two children. And we had, we had one child and another one was on the way. 
And, and I, you know, I just grew up in one of these formats, and I had in this moment conviction that the best way to raise my children was for my wife to stay at home and to, and to raise the kids, to instill those values, take the care. Nobody was going to love my, our children the way that we did. And so the, I was just like, you know, God, that's not going to happen here. You know, and, and I said, God, do you want me to go somewhere else? Do, does being the father and being the parents that we need to be mean that we need to go somewhere else? And so I began to really kind of just search with, with whether or not, you know, we, could, we should go somewhere else. And we began to check out other churches that were in New England that, we might, that needed a pastor and whether we would fit and those kinds of things. And in the midst of that whole journey, there was just one of these moments. And again, it wasn't an audible voice, but I have no doubt that God spoke to me. And he simply said, I love your children more than you do. You're okay just where you're at. And, and God does sometimes step into our lives and just speak to us directly. There's been some other moments like that. I, I prayed for three years in college as to whether or not I should go on to seminary or go to law school. And, and you know, at the moment of decision, I can remember I was sitting in this Ford F-150 hoping I didn't roll backwards on a steep hill at a stop sign to the person who had pulled up on my bunker, bumper. I was thinking, all right, I'm you know, going to run this person over kind of thing. And, and in that moment, God just gave me an overwhelming sense of peace that he wanted, said, go to seminary. That's what I want you to do. God does speak to us. I think God speaks to all of you far more than we give him credit. And, and just like the angel showed up and spoke to them, we may not get all the, dynam- the dramatics and the hiero- hieroglyphics or whatever it is, the pyrographics. There we go, right word. So if I make up words, I'm speaking in tongues. God's just giving me this gift. And, and, but one of the ways God speaks to us most clearly is from his word. And, and, and if all of you are really honest, there are times when you've been in the Word of God and, and, and you're, you're like the guys who were on the road to Emmaus with Jesus after Jesus was resurrected, right? And, and you're reading it and, and it and it just kind of sets your hearts ablaze is the way it's described in the book of Act, uh, book of Luke. You know, these two guys are walking with Jesus. They're going in. Jesus is explaining the whole from the Old Testament, the whole journey of the Messiah, the sec, that kind of, and, 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 and after they recognize who Jesus is and he and he departs from them, they said, Man, you know, wasn't our heart ablaze when he was teaching us? And there's times that you know that God has just directly spoken to you. you. You read in the Word of God, and you know it's true. You know it's clear. And, 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 and yet, sometimes we don't always give it credit that God has showed up and spoken to us. Sometimes it's about a promise that He gives us. Sometimes it's a challenge He gives us to put off some of the old self. Sometimes it's a challenge to put on parts of the new self. Sometimes it's a challenge to serve or whatever. There's lots of different ways, but God steps in, and He gives us a very direct word. And, and, just, and, and we, we don't see it as dramatic as an angel showing up to shepherds in the middle of the thing. But God has showed up and directly spoken to us and given us direction on how to get back to him and to stay with him. Sometimes I think that word comes through others, right? Actually, I hope every single week when I preach, God speaks to you through somebody else, right? If not, you know, you really should get a different pastor, right? You know, because that's what should happen. When, when, when God's people teach and share the word of God, that ought to have an impact on other people. You know, and, and now I, I realize when we start to 
get into this whole idea of, well, God can directly intervene in my life and give me specific leadership through other people, we can open up a kind of a whole can of worms of people who can share things with us that aren't true, things that are somewhat heretical. They can give us counsel that's not really in, in line with the Word of God. And, and, and so you need to be very careful in that area, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. In fact, I, there's a couple of litmus tests that I use, right? One is I, I, I'm much more inclined to see it as God speaking to me when it's something I don't want to hear. When, when somebody is telling me, yeah, it's okay to do this, and it's really not you know, consistent with, with God's or self-centered or whatever, if somebody's affirming that, almost always God's hand's not in that. But when God's telling me something I don't want to hear, it's, and he's doing that through somebody else, then I, I, I pay attention because that, that indeed is probably God speaking to me. You know, and, and sometimes, not only, so the other part of the litmus test to me is, am I hearing it from somebody I don't want to hear it from? It's kind of like your spouse telling you, you know, you really need to lose weight. I mean, you don't want to hear that from them, right? I mean, you can hear, you just, but, but when it's coming from somebody that you don't want to hear it from, there's probably more likelihood that God is speaking through it. Not always, but unlikely. But I got to tell you, in this whole event of Christmas, God has stepped into our world in the person of his son. He is the Emmanuel with us, and God is still directly speaking to his people through his word, through other people, through the Holy Spirit, and et cetera, just like the angel showed up and spoke to the shepherds in the middle of the field. I also got to tell you that sometimes the journey back to God, the journey of connecting with God, takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. We, we, we put the, the funny-looking hats on the wise men, right? We, to tell you the truth, I mean, we always say they came from the east. We, we don't know exactly where they are. We, we, you know, we think they came from the area of Babylon. They had a connection with the, the whole story of the coming of the king of the Jews through the days of Daniel being in, in, the, in, the, um, in Babylon and et cetera. And that's where this whole interest started. And so 700 years later, this star appears and they had east. But it's, it's interesting that, that they're in the east, the star appears in the east, and then they head west. So you kind of, well, all right, where are these guys? But what, what, what is absolutely clear is that their process of getting into the presence of the Savior took a lot of effort. It took a lot of effort. I mean, as far as we can tell, especially when you think about the fact that Herod gave orders to kill all the babies that were two years of age or younger in the region of Bethlehem, it could have taken them as much as two years' time to get there. I'm sure, I'm sure Herod was being overly cautious, but somewhere from three to nine months is, is very... Reasonable. It was a long journey for these guys. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of money as they came to connect with Jesus. Sometimes our pathway back to God takes a lot of work. And these guys were, were thoroughly pagan. These guys were, were Eastern world magicians, right? They, they, they tried to use the elements or whatever to conjure all the... And, and these are the guys that God, over a long period of time, led to the foot of the Savior when he was still an infant, and they worshiped him. And, and there's a need to go through a, a whole conversion of change. And, 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 and sometimes our process of getting back to God takes a lot of work. And so here, here's one application of that, right? Some of you, like I was in my early stages, we pick up the Bible and we start to read it. 
and it feels like a foreign language. Right? It's like, I'm having a hard time getting anything out of this. And we don't want to put the effort in. And we set it aside. So I'm never going to get there. Sometimes the journey back to God, the journey of staying close to God, takes a lot of effort. Sometimes we have to go through a place where we learn a brand new language. We've got to let the Word of God teach us and grow us and shape us, and we learn a new language. And, and, and what really led them to the foot of it is that they stayed curious. They asked questions, right? And some of us in our journey to God have stopped asking questions. We figure we know it all, and, and I'm as close as I want to get, and they said we want to stay away, and we don't want to put the effort in. I made a discovery last night of what can happen when you don't put the effort in. So, you know, I have allergies. I'm allergic to dust, that kind of thing. So we, have a, we keep a, an air purifier in our bedroom, right? So we can kind of keep the dust out of the air, all that kind of stuff, and, and I, don't, I don't have allergies as bad. And um, so we had had one for four or five years, and it kind of just started turning itself off, right? So I think we gave it to somebody else. No, no, I think we recycled it. So we bought a new one, right? So the new one comes, you you get it out of the box, and and it looks all put together, so I plug it in the wall, and we start using it. Now, that was like eight months ago, right? Six to eight months ago. So so recently, I've been having more trouble with my nose, kind of getting a little full overnight and that kind of stuff. So so last night, I decided as I'm going to bed, I'm going to take the air purifier apart and try to see if the, the filters are dirty, so when I open it up, what I discovered is that the air filters are actually all wrapped in plastic. <laughs> so for eight months, I've been running this thing, and it's been doing nothing. And, and the reason why is that I didn't want to take the time or spend the effort to read the directions, right? And I just push the buttons on top. The lights come on. It's got to be working, right? You know, it's, and, and for a lot of us, that's the way we approach our spiritual lives. You know what, I'll, I'll, I'll just go, you know, I know to go to church a couple times a year. I know how to say the Lord's Prayer, this and that. I know enough stuff. And we don't want to put the effort in to actually get there. And, and so there's lots of ways to get back to God. Part of the message of Christmas to us, the big message, is that God is creating a way for you and I to get back to him. So, but I want you to see one other part of that message. The only way back to God is through Jesus. There may be lots of ways to get to him, but the only way to actually make it to the summit of truth, if you will, is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you know, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There may be lots of pathways, but eventually they all lead through the narrow gate of a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not the faith of your family, not the faith of your best friends, not the faith, faith of your favorite grandmother or grandfather or whatever, but your own personal faith where you have stepped through that gate. You know, the scripture says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, that phrase can be, uh, there, there are two elements that have to be a part of that call. One is there has to be a, a sense that we need to be forgiven of what alienates us from God, that keeps us from getting close to God. The Bible calls that sin. And sin comes in all shapes and sizes in the scriptures. From, from simply from being a, 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 a murderer or an et cetera to simply just being self-centered and making life about yourself instead of making life about God. And, and, it, and it runs the gamut, but a part of that call is, God, I am alienated from you and the only way I can get back 
is because of what you've done. And a part of that call also has to include a choice, a personal choice, to accept the forgiveness that God provides in Jesus Christ. Because the story doesn't end in the manger. It eventually goes through the cross, and then it, and then it culminates in the empty tomb. And, and, and it's in that process of Jesus living, dying, and living again eternally that we find the power God has provided for us to be forgiven. And, and we need to call upon God to forgive us. And then we have to choose to do what it takes to live our lives by faith, to walk with God, to, to get back to God by faith. Whether it's God showing up in angels and speaking to us or whether it's doing a long, laborious, hard work of being shaped into the nature of Christ. But part of what God is trying to say to every single one of you and to me on Christmas, every day of the year, is you can get back to me and you can do it through Jesus. It's the only way you can do it is through Jesus. And, and if you've not experienced that gift today, if you haven't gotten back to God that way or, or whatever, then, then there's no better time to receive the gift that God has given to us, the gift of salvation, than at the time when we give gifts to each other in honor of God's gift to us, the Christmas season. And I invite you to make that choice today. So let me just lead us in a brief word of prayer and we'll be done, but just, just pray with me. God, thanks for coming to be with us so that we can be with you. Jesus may not be physically walking the planet anymore, but that doesn't mean that you're any less with us. God, thank you for the message, the truth that it creates. That no matter how far we are from you, there are lots of ways to get back to you as long as it goes through Jesus. Father, I pray today that you would convict all of us to build our lives on faith in Christ. Not just some vague idea of who God is and somehow being a good person or whatever, but we understand that the gift that we're really looking for comes from calling upon you in the name of Jesus to be saved. So God, I pray today that we would experience the greatest of the gifts of Christmas. New life, new life with you in Jesus Christ. So God, just just speak to us directly today through your Holy Spirit, through your word, through other people, maybe even through the words that I've just shared and draw us to yourself in Jesus Christ. For this I pray in his name. Amen. If you're have never taken that step. Our, our objective is not to embarrass you or anything else, but I'd love to have a chance just to chat with you after the service. I'll be out in the lobby. You can sw- just swing by. I'd love to have a chance. that We have some Bibles out there that are specifically designed to help people make that long journey to really discovering how to be connected to God, and I'd love to give you one of those. But we're going to conclude our service today by giving back to God. There's also ways that you can share your prayer needs with us and that kind of thing. So we're going to stand and sing a final word, and then after that, um, we'll be dismissed and wish you all a, a Merry Christmas if we're not going to see you tonight. Let's stand.